It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Shit. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton postgame show with Al and Jerry. Oh, hi there. It's the uh, postgame podcast. Normally, Jerry Recco does this introduction part, but Jerry is out today. So I am joined by Eddie Scazzeri. Hi, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Yes, uh, Jerry, kind of a surprise. He did... I do recall him yesterday referencing that he was going to be out, but then I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And then this morning uh, at around 4 a.m., I somehow realized or you told me or something that uh, Jerry was going to miss it. He's at Michigan State. Yes, East Lansing. For uh, Rutgers Michigan State basketball. Mm-hmm. So instead we had CeeLo filling in. Yes, we did. Now, for the longest time, uh, well, I, I think Craig and Boomer, weren't, were, they were not big CeeLo fans when he would initially fill in. Correct. That is correct. But I think he's grown on them. Yeah, it really, and I think the key is he kind of relaxed and was like, you know, whatever. Right. He used to be all uptight about it. He did used to be all uptight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right. That's the thing that changed. Well, I think fatherhood has helped him in that. That's what they say, Eddie. You and I don't have children, we but don't. they... They say fatherhood puts perspective sure. in all of your other things. So the things like perhaps I wouldn't be as uh, manic or um, what would you say my my situation is? Well, you like what um, do you think would relax if I had a child? Well, not everything because you are who you are, right? At your core, mm-hmm. but you might not get as upset if you know the phone cord was tangled. Right, by the evening producer, which right. kind of sets you off at times. It does set me off. Who do you think is doing that? Uh, the the phone cord, the, the part that connects the telephone handle to the actual telephone unit. Yes. And when I we came back from vacation, it was oh, I'm tightly sure. wound. It took you like three minutes to get it straight. Yes, it really bothers me. Who do I you know. suppose is doing that at night? Uh, well, I mean, there are. It could be any number of people. Someone, uh, uh, someone who's working on the Steve Summers the show, though, for sure. Uh, because Russell isn't the twisting the phone type. No, no. Uh, and yeah. Mike's producers aren't in there. Correct. So it's a, there's a few candidates. All righty. It could be. Could be a no, any number of people. Right, but I don't want you to be firing off angry emails. Angry, because that did not go well for me last no, time. No, it did not. It did not. Uh, so CeeLo filled in, did a nice job. Um, but uh, Jerry did kind of, he took away my spotlight this morning. I didn't get to do the warm up show right. on radio, and thus I didn't get a TV segment. Which, which annoyed you. Which hurts me. Which, right. So, you know, hurts and again, me. if you had a child, perhaps that kind of thing. I wouldn't it, care. It wouldn't bother you as much. Right. So yesterday, um, I ended up tweeting out this link after you sent it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you became aware of the story before I did. Uh, the uh, Peter King's Monday morning quarterback right. put out a uh, piece, a written piece, on Benny in the Bronx, who was a longtime caller to WFAN. Correct, yes. And, and I've spoken with Benny many times. See, I wonder this. There are a number of uh, people over the years that are kind of the WFAN legendary callers. Mm-hmm. You would put him in that list. Oh, for sure, yes. 
what's interesting is those callers generally don't call Boomer and Carton. Right, because for the most part, those guys, with the exception of a Mike from Mayapak, Sour Shoes, right. whose focus really is not sports, it's just being Mike from Mayapak and all that entails. The other legendary callers, they are really hardcore, nuts-and-bolts sports fans. So, And I think a few of them in the first year or two of the show would sample us and would call, but we're not getting what they needed because we're not as much with the nuts and bolts. We like to fool around and talk about other stuff. So it really doesn't work for them. So right. like Ira from Staten Island, legendary Jets fan and caller who will still email me all the time. has no interest in listening to us because we're not, you know, breaking down uh, everything Jets. Yeah, like people, I, I screen the phone calls and people will say to me, oh, well, so-and-so, he calls all the time. And I'm like, no, I, I don't even know who that is. Right. And it would be somebody who's been calling the station for 25 years. Correct. But he calls all the the hard, more hardcore sports Correct. programs. So this piece on Benny in the Bronx was very interesting uh, I tweeted it out, and I, I got a lot of uh, the same responses. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of the things in there. So I, I don't remember. How did Peter King befriend Benny from the Bronx? Well, Benny was going through a particularly rough uh, stretch of his life because Benny's got some uh, some uh, problems. And he, at that time, did not have a television and he or access to a television. And the only way he could find out what was going on with football was by reading Peter King's articles. Well, I don't remember. I guess it was during the Internet era. So, yeah, so he would check out all of Peter King's stuff, and that was his only source to feed his obsession, which is the Packers and the NFL. And he just wrote Peter a letter and detailed all the problems in his life and the fact that Peter's uh, work helped him to sort of get through and survive. And it, Peter's a local guy, lives in Jersey, nicest fellow in the world. Boomer knows him a long time. And I guess it touched Peter, and he reached out to him, and they developed a friendship. Uh, so some of the other interesting things in there in the piece, which um, I tweeted out yesterday if you want to check it out. It's also on mmqb.com. Mm-hmm. Uh there are some photos that go along with this article about Benny in the Bronx that yes. show him in his uh, apartment, mm-hmm. which uh, was explained in the article that he lives in from, that's the house he grew up in, or the right. apartment he grew up in. He lives there. He was married up until this year. His wife uh, left him. Yes. Uh, his obsession of the NFL really uh, circulates mostly on Sundays. He didn't mm-hmm. seem to be very much into the Monday night football, the Thursday night football I guess unless the Packers were on. Right, but Sunday is his day. Yeah, Sunday is his day. He brews uh, 96 ounces of coffee, which I thought you could relate to. Yes, indeed. You enjoy the coffee. Yes, I do. Uh, But one of the things that came out of that when I tweeted it out, and I guess from looking at the photos, people were very surprised that uh, Benny from the Bronx has a... what appears to be a 13-inch regular television, standard definition 13-inch TV. Yeah, an SD TV. You can't find many of those. No, I don't think you could buy one now. And it actually looked thick, like as, it, as it, it had one of those tubes in it. Yes, and everyone wanted uh, Peter King or the commissioner, Roger Goodell, to pony up and buy Benny yeah, a hello. 60-inch television. My thing is, though, would he want that in his 
apartment. He seemed a very particular type of a person. He does, like yourself, yes. in many ways. Right. Um, Was but, I looking into the future there? Uh, I hope for your case not. Hope not, right. Right. Uh, but you never know, Al. I right. I mean, it's not that long of a journey from where you are. Right, to never leaving your house. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm close to that right yes. now. Luckily, I still come to work. Um, so, yeah, people wanted uh, someone to pony up and buy them a, a big screen TV. Oh, really? I mean, you can buy, what, a, a, a nice uh, HD TV for under $500, I would think, these days. Yeah, I yes. actually, I was looking at a 4K TV, mm-hmm. 60 inches for seven ninety nine. Bang. So you could get, like, a 40-inch one right. for Oh, a couple hundred bucks. I mean, bucks. I'm sure in the NFL offices, they, you know, they probably have spare TVs to put it in a conference room for right. when one breaks. Yeah, bring them one. You know, just, hello. Now, there are a number of um, regular callers to this radio station. The phone screening software that we use will tell us how many calls somebody has made to the station since we got this software. Yes. And there are people that have called the radio station 15,000 times, sure, yeah, 10,000 yeah. times. Right. So I feel like this profile that that uh, Monday Morning Quarterback did could have been done on any number of people. But uh, as you said, Peter King had a personal relationship with this guy because he had written to him. Mm-hmm. And I always think like this, uh, I'm glad they did the article because I, I think those guys are probably similar. Like each of the guys that are kind of the legendary callers. Yes. Where radio becomes their companion, mm-hmm. uh, more so, uh, if you don't have a lot of uh, actual people in their lives. Yeah, we're we're sort of uh, all they have, right? And we we fill a, a huge void in their life. Back when I was first starting out here, back in '92, I think it was, we had a legendary uh, caller, uh, the Chief Bob Bob Comus from Brooklyn. He was the fellow who used to run around Madison Square Garden in an Indian headdress, which is why they called him the Chief and was a huge Rangers fan. And similar to Benny, he had a lot of issues in his life and was very lonely. And we were, you know, when we came along, he we filled a huge void for him. We sort of gave him, you know, some energy and a little bit of a purpose. He used to do station identifications uh, on the Steve Summers show back in the day when I was doing it. And uh, and this has been done many times over the years where uh, another media outlet would be, hey, we want to do a story on FAN and their listeners. So uh, Paula Zahn, when she worked for CBS back in the day, uh, you know, they did a piece on some of these callers. And I was instrumental in hooking them up with Bob. And, you know, and this was uh, on TV. I forget what program it was at the time. It wasn't 60 Minutes. But uh, and they went to his house and, and, you know, interviewed him and filmed him. And it was eerily similar to the piece about Benny. We should, uh, someone from uh, the WFAN website, we should do a web series on our regular callers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pitch that in a meeting. Now, I think the there are Broomer and Carton regular callers as well. Right. Uh, although, you know, perhaps uh, you pay a little more attention to the rules and trying not to have the same people calling every day, right. which a lot of them would if you would allow it. Um, but I don't know if the Boomer and Carton regulars would be of the same, the real diehards. I, I'd be curious to see if they had a similar story, a life story. Yeah, I think a lot of the guys, like uh, the overnight shift in particular, mm-hmm. gets the same callers every night. For sure. 
uh, and I'm sure the hosts are glad to take them because uh, you're ta- otherwise you're talking to yourself for six hour shifts, right? Which is a lot. But I, I think the radio being your a talk radio in particular being your companion in the middle of the night if you're somebody who can't sleep or have other many troubles in your life where um, the middle of the night is a is a problem time for you. Mm-hmm. That that is a uh, that that the overnight those people may be more similar than the other day parts. And and that is something that radio can do that other mediums uh, cannot do, which is why I think there will always be a place for talk radio, live talk radio, especially in big cities uh, when people are up all hours and have all sorts of weird jobs and there's just a larger population. I think there will always be a place for, for talk radio, even though people said, now 20 years ago when the internet started that radio was dead not the case i I always would think that would be a good 30 for 30 also Mm -hmm. hardcore sports radio callers yes and listeners the ones like like you would do a 35 for 30 you could do a video piece on benny in the bronx Mm -hmm. then uh also ira in staten island like a couple of those and was there a 30 or, for 30 on Mike and the Mad Dog? I forget. Well, there's one being developed. Oh, okay. I believe it's still being filmed. I see. Or or was filmed and it's now being put together, that or Maybe sort of they're thing. waiting for Mike's retirement, perhaps, to launch it. Yeah, I know I know. people have been interviewed for it already. Mm-hmm. Will you think you'll be... Have you been talked uh, to with I that one? I kind of have a vague remembrance of that, um, you know, people being interviewed for it. And... And uh, some people, although I really didn't care, some people were very upset that I was not interviewed. Oh, yes, I but, do recall this now. a guy like, no offense, Damon Amendolara, right. who uh, was interviewed. Right. Uh, and yet some of the longtime FAN employees and people who actually worked on the show uh, were not. Right, like I think they interviewed Kevin Burkhart. Yeah. Who worked at WFAN yes. briefly, right? Yes. Not long. Not long. Uh and certainly didn't work one-on-one with right. uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. And maybe Kenny Albert was interviewed or Yeah, something. but they're more, if you see their faces on television, people oh, know yes, them. of course. Versus an Eddie Scazzeri, right. who's more in-depth knowledge. Yes, well, yeah, whatever. So that'll be a good one. I look. I love the 30 for 30s. Like, even the, uh, I don't follow college football. You're a huge college football yes. fan. I will watch the ones on, on college football because... They've just done so well, those they documentaries. And it's uh, similar to, you know, those behind uh, the music. Yes. In their VH1 used to do those. Yeah, they, they somehow, they hook you. Yes. And you don't even, why Why do I care about Leif Garrett? Right. Yes, what? that was the best <laughs> one. Know. It's like, what am I doing? But you're captivated by captivated. it. Captivated. Well, the Leif Garrett one, um, he had rolled his car I think he was drunk, perhaps, and uh, paralyzed a friend of his. Mm-hmm. And the big uh, payoff on that show was he was going to see his friend for the first time in like mm-hmm. twenty years or something. So we were all locked in on that. Leaf Garrett. It, it still sticks in my mind. How many years later? Right. But I wonder it is what it is about that particular format, that present presentation. It's like we fool around all the time. What if I told you? What if you? I told you? Uh, it's really a, a sort of a bizarre psychological phenomenon. Yeah. Well, we all love sports. Yes. And the way they slow it down, play the mm-hmm. music, have the great voiceover, build right. the story. Yes. You know, I, I just wonder how many more, like, what great stories haven't they told yet? Mm-hmm. Because the behind the music got terrible after a while. I mean, yes. 
Although, just knowing behind the scenes stuff with that show in particular, I, I know they had changed out producers and um, people who were running it. So I, I think it took a different direction. And, and I may be wrong, but it seems like they tried to do a lot more of them. Yes, they tried to bang them all out. Yeah, then the 30 for 30 is doing it right. Right. Just slowing it, you know, whatever we do it, we do it, and they're all going to be great. And I would say you probably watch more of them than I do. Yes. I would say they hit on about 80% of them that are truly captivating. Right. I don't know. Would you? Yes, I would say that 100%. Which is a great percentage for uh, a show like that. Yeah, because they'll even, and and you're right, the the behind the music was the same way where I loved the show and there'd be times I'd be like, you know, like you said, Leaf Garrett or some some college football game that I have no remembrance of because I didn't Mm -hmm. watch it, but I'd be like, I'm going to give this 10 minutes. And right. I'm I'm locked right in. Yes, ten minutes into the thing. My favorite thirty for thirty was the Marcus Dupree. Love that was that. a great one. Yeah, because he seemed to not have a care in okay. the world. He was all right. That he blew a chance. Did now did he blow that chance? I forget uh, the Marcus was, Dupree. It, it, Dupree it, there one. was a lot. People took advantage. People of took him advantage of, him. and they screwed him around. And it was it was it was sad. But you know what? He was in a place in his life. He was he was okay. Right. But he was a great. Great player. Yeah, he had. It seemed like he had come to terms with everything oh, that yeah. happened and was, was enjoying his life. He was. He was driving a truck, I believe. Yeah, and uh, he was okay with it. Right. Uh, yeah. So that was it. Uh, the Monday morning quarterback thing with uh, Benny from the Bronx. Definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Do you have any other stories? I don't. Th- I have one other item here okay. that's an actual what Jerry and I would normally do here. Uh, I wasn't aware. I w- I would have maybe prepared some stuff. I didn't we, tell you to to yeah, prepare. We talk about stuff. the new Star Wars movie. That I, well, I haven't seen that. I I think okay. I will see okay. the new Star Wars. Uh, we're now. Did you visit Japan or China? China. China. They're different places. Yes. Yes. They're very different places. Yes. I have a story here. Uh, dealing with uh, restrooms in Japan. Okay. And check this out. I think you would like this. Mm-hmm. They have uh, they have in the stalls where you would go into the toilets there in Japan. Uh-huh. Uh, next to the rolls of toilet paper, they have um, disinfecting wipes for your telephone screen. Oh, interesting. Because a lot of people now bring their phone into the toilet. Right. And then a lot of people would say that's disgusting, but you know 100% at home people are bringing their phones into the toilet. Yeah, phones, iPads, whatever. Right. Would you say you do that as well? Uh, I do yes, for sure. not in a public. You're right. But in uh, my my own home for right. 100%. Right. And yet if I see someone here at FAN take their phone into the toilet, I'm like, how disgusting. What well, a disgusting person. And meanwhile, right. I do it at my you, home you toilet. You do it at your home. But what I found really weird is like, if you're going to do it, turn the volume off. I don't yes. need, need to be hearing your text or the worst if if someone actually gets a call and takes yes. it when they're on the bowl, and they're that's, like, that's a bit much. Right. You only hear the one end of the conversation, but they're like, uh, you know what? I, I I will get that to you in a few minutes because mm-hmm. I'm sitting on the I, toilet. Because I'm defecating yes, right now. Yes, I'm defecating and I can't way, get I, it to I you. I have something to add. All uh, right. I don't know how familiar you are with, um, I know it's in China. I don't know how prevalent amongst the Asian countries it is. All right. The... Instead of a, a bowl that is a raised, toilet bowl, as, right? A, a toilet bowl that is raised up where you sit on it, like you're sitting in a chair. In China and perhaps other Asian countries, they have a sort of 
it almost looks like a bedpan that is set in flush to the floor. In so, the floor. Correct. Flush to the right. floor. And so when you're going number two, you actually have to squat and hold the squat uh, to go. And they had this. Now, when we were in China, they had uh, we were in a hotel that was more westernized, I guess. Uh, so that wasn't an issue. But there were many of the tour stops where we went where the bathrooms uh, if you had to go number two, that's what it was. And, and did you try no, that? I know. First of all, I don't think I could hold the, uh, the that squat. position. <laughs> yeah. And certainly I could not be reading a book or looking at my cell phone if they had them at the time uh, doing that. But that would be something I don't think that would go over well with you. No. If you were in one of – not that you ever would um, – I mean, you have defecated in, in public I have. places. But only out of a dire Situation. A dire situation, yes. And I just, uh, it, it, your head might explode. Yeah, I don't know how that, because I, I was in Italy this summer, mm-hmm. and I saw them in um, more public places in Italy, like if you were to go uh, swimming in the, in the water mm-hmm. or at a, at a pool, yes. and you would go into the locker room or the bathroom, they had these that were just like kind of a hole in the ground, and they, they had a place that... I was like, I think that's where you're supposed to put your feet and squat. Oh, oh, so you have kind of seen them. I have seen them, just, just in Italy. Uh, that's right. I did not know it uh, uh, was in Western yeah. Europe as well. I just don't understand how that, like you said, you must really have to squat down, because otherwise, how is that not uh, messy on your, per- doesn't get on your legs and stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I did not ever try that. <laughs> yes. I'm, first of all, I'm not in the, the shape to be able to, to hold that squat. But, uh, yeah, that would be a disaster. So maybe if we grew up there. A hundred percent. It would be normal. Imagine, like, I probably have uh, more muscular legs. Yeah. Uh, yes. Just you, because from when you were a child, you'd be correct. doing that. Right. And you know how people they exercise two, three times a week? Mm-hmm. You're going to the bathroom how often every week? That's or, like yeah, exercise. It's like, it's like you're, you're doing, like, uh, power squats yes. once a day. Absolutely. I wonder if Olympic-wise, those countries do better in the weightlifting squats. Mm-hmm. That'd be something to look at. Maybe something to really delve into. Maybe I'd be interested do a 30 in that. for 30 on that. What if I told you that squatting for the toilet made you an Olympic athlete on the next 30 for 30? Behind the bathrooms. Behind the bathroom scenes. All right, Eddie. Well, that's going to do it for us. Okay. Uh, the I was going to say the warm-up show is next, but... It's not. We didn't have one. No. Jerry will be back tomorrow. Right. And then we'll be good to go uh, back to normal. And uh, pending approval, oh. there might be a little something that uh, Boomer and Carton fans could be looking forward to on the Friday podcast. Oh, this is that year. right? Well, uh, yes. So... I just have to clear that with Mark Chernoff. Tease for the All right. Well, I look forward to hearing what that is. Mm-hmm. All right, Eddie. Uh, take it easy and uh, do a see ya. Then we sign off like that. See ya. See ya. It's the Boomer and Carton Post Game Show. Wow. With the real stars of the show, Alan Jerry.